Hello, and welcome to the Double Take Podcast with Jess and Jenny. We're here to talk about all things TV, but today, the Last of Us finale with, again, Fallon, our Last of Us expert. So I feel like everyone's itching to get into their thoughts about this finale for many reasons. Uh, I was going to say something about the Oscars, but it turns out I think none of us watched it. I did have I I have one thing to say. I don't know if you'll permit me like a second. You I can. did see thank you a video of um, Harrison Ford giving the award for everything everywhere all at once and the embrace of Ki Hui Kwan and Harrison Ford made me tear up and cry. That tear was, up yeah. and then cry. All of the content around that movie and how many awards it won. And there's so many feel-good stories that came out of that film. So I was super excited to read about that this morning, for sure. Yeah, His acceptance speech made me cry. Yeah. Like, a lot. (laughs) Yeah, unwell. (laughs) And I also watched it today. I didn't watch it last night. But, yeah, I watched a clip of that today and I was crying. Yeah. Anyway, okay. So now that we've got the one thing that we cared about at the Oscars out of the way. Let's talk about what, you know, really matters here, which is the finale of The Last of Us called All the Light We Cannot See. No, The Last Light. <laughs> Fallon literally just told me this and then I pulled well, out did you two forget? The lights. random. <laughs> there we go. Look for the light. Look Lights for the light. or light? light? From the quote it's of from the fireflies, fireflies, when you're lost in the darkness, look for the light. That's the That reference. makes a lot of sense so, as soon as you started sense. saying it. And I was like, maybe I'll just say a novel's title instead. Anyway. <laughs> Um, perfect execution. Thank you. Do you want to start with your feelings, Jenny? Duck the landing. Yeah. Um, I have a lot of them. Uh, (laughs) overall overview feelings, overall feelings. Um, this was an interesting ending. I'm neither, I don't feel dissatisfied. I guess I'll get that out there first. I, it was a bit of a cliffhanger, but, um, enough of a, of a closing to this season that I felt, you know, aptly, I don't know, taken on a full arc, I guess, even though it leaves room for more to happen. I thought it was cool that the overall, like at least the first part of this episode where that the roles were reversed of Joel trying to bring Ellie out of her shell after the traumatic events of the last episode. That's more of a, of like a detail rather than overall thoughts, but I like stuck on that a lot. He kept trying to lighten the mood and, you know, bring her back to her original self. Um, and so as the last episode being that sort of reversal, I thought that was cool. And then I thought it felt a lot more like a video game than some of the other episodes. And I wrote a note that I don't know what this means because I was tired, <laughs> but it said, I wrote still excellent television, but I don't know if I like it anymore. Um, <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> I, because... It, the line there's a like a really thin line between tv shows that have unlikable characters that i i don't know what i'm trying to say i like i like some of those shows and i dislike some of those shows like some of them are hard for me to watch when uh the characters are very dislikable and then other ones i'm just fascinated and want to watch more so i don't know this one's towing the line a little bit uh with joel in particular so that's my, I'll say, that's all, how much I'll say for now, but I'll let you just go for it. Okay. I, first of all, felt like this episode was three minutes long. It was, it felt <laughs> yeah. so short to me, which is hilarious because it's like the length of a normal 
drama is like 45 minutes. I, it, I screamed when it ended. Um, <laughs> anyways, feelings. I felt unwell when the episode was over and, and throughout the episode, but I liked it a lot, like a lot, a lot. I think it was, I feel like the fact that people want to talk about it means that it was good. Like just by nature of the storytelling, I think it was, it's an excellent story. I was struggling with some of the choices, but again, I think that, I think that's good. I think if it had been like too neatly wrapped up, it would have been like, okay, we'll, we'll all move on with our lives now. I think the fact that people are thinking about this and digesting it still like a day later is really cool. So although I was displeased by some of what unfolded in the moment, overall, I really, really, really loved the episode. And I can say more about what that means, although I'm sure you guys can can guess what I mean. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> Fallon, what did you think? Yeah. Wow. It was a lot. And I have played this ending six times and it was still <laughs> a lot for me to digest in this format. Um, this episode is just so important. This is what we've like truly been leading up to the whole time, all of the conversations that have taken place in the show about how things are gray and about how there is not necessarily a right and a wrong. There's no hero. There's no villain. All of that has been sort of spoon fed to you to take you to this place and to test that theory on you with the character that you arguably probably love the most. And I think that is such a cool choice. And I'm sure that there's other media out there that's done something similar. And people might um, say that, I, you know, there's lots of things that have done this. For me, I've never experienced another story that does it quite this way, where no matter how many times I've experienced this end, I feel differently about it every time. And there are moments where I'm more with Joel. There's moments where I'm more with Ellie. There's moments where I'm totally in between. And I think that is super, super compelling. And I think at the end of the day, it's why this series sticks with me. But at the same time, this is where uh, the fandom splits. <laughs> so I talked to you guys a little bit about um, the, the issues between game fans and like how bad that has become, especially after part two, but like, this is where that started. So there are people to this day that are arguing with each other about the morality of what Joel did 10 years later. And I think that's the point, but um, the episode executed it beautifully, exactly as I would have wanted them to. And I was nervous about it. So I enjoyed watching it, but there's a lot to unpack here for sure. My thought while I was just really quick while I was watching like multiple times, it occurred to me. I was like, I can't believe Fallon knew this was how this was going to end this whole <laughs> freaking time. And I was just sitting there like my cute little show. Joel's so cute. He's I such know. a dad. I thought of you, Jess. I truly like it was I was watching it and I was enjoying it. But the whole time I was like sweating for you. I was like, Jess is going to be. <laughs> dying because you and I'm and I'm actually thrilled to hear you liked the episode because part of me was like oh this is where she's done she's gonna quit after this there's no way because it is so brutal what he does I mean it's not a little violent it's really brutal and I'm glad that at least the formula of like sort of getting you there maybe helped you to process it but I was thinking about you for sure <laughs> yeah no that's funny I had multiple people text me that they were like are you okay 
Uh, I feel like this probably upset you. And I was like, oh, it did. You're right. I'm not great. But I, yeah, I think I could see beyond that and see that the fact that I was even having, grappling with it, it's like, it's just a TV show. Like the fact that I was even emotionally invested to that degree, I just was like, this is so well done. But no, yeah. I have, yeah, I have more thoughts about about Joel, but I'll save them. I Jenny, what were you going to say? It's say? weird that you keep calling this your cute little show. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's my cute little show. I don't know. I don't know it's how to just explain like that. Not. <laughs> I don't know. What, I don't know what I mean either. Uh, I'm like, cute is probably the word I would not use to. But that's I mean, what's amazing so about it. It's, it's Joel and Ellie, like just their sure, like sure, sure. relationship. Like it's just adorable. I just love them. Yeah. It's probably yeah. not just the right a word. I don't show. know. I just feel like <laughs> it it warms my heart. And I just yeah. cute's just the word yeah. that comes out. Well, I have a quick question that I was wondering if this was clearer in the game than in the TV show. The when Marlene comes in and tells Joel what's going to happen, like that they're prepping Ellie for surgery and all of that, I took that as he reacted to information where they're going to try to remove the cordyceps from her brain. She might not make it because they're like, I don't know, surgery with in this day and age is probably not as great. And like, it, there's a good chance she doesn't make it. I was watching with my boyfriend. He took it as like, they're going to take her brain out. Is it clear? <laughs> like, she's definitely going to die. There's no other option. So that's why Joel is like, yes, I got to eliminate everyone. Yeah. A hundred percent. She's going to die and they know she's going to die. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That makes it very different because I, I was like, he's reacting off of a chance and he just doesn't want to take that chance versus they're truly sacrificing her for. Oh man, there's so much with this, but I feel like we're going right to the end. (laughs) So maybe, (laughs) but because, because I think there's like so much about the last like 15 minutes that I want to tell you guys about from the game, but also like really like get, I feel like that's going to take up the bulk of this episode but there's so much yeah. stuff in the beginning too that I want to make sure we hit <laughs> yeah yeah no totally go back I yeah, just wanted yeah. to clear that up because my main comment was uh, it just seemed like a super overreaction on Joel's part or not a super overreaction yeah. but like an interesting reaction given what I had thought so I yes. wanted to see if that was yeah 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 okay yeah, cool, cool, cool. Yeah. we can go back now okay and I'm only super concerned with going back because the first five minutes of this episode was I like was literally hysterically crying the whole time. Like the second that Ashley Johnson showed up on screen, I might cry talking about it. (laughs) I like it. Wow. This is really embarrassing, but like, I love that woman so much and she is my Ellie. She will always be my Ellie, but to pick her to like Mm. birth Ellie into the world and like, Everything about that scene was like the biggest warm hug. I I wanted to like find Craig Mazin and just be like, can I just please like what you're doing for us is so amazing. And what you to do that for her, it has to be so Mm -hmm. difficult to give up a character that you've played for over a decade and then hand that to somebody else. And and at the end of the day, Bella is probably going to be more famous as this character and to give her this gift of being able to not only be a part of it, but like in some ways it was like this metaphor for her passing the torch to Bella. It just was like, it blew my mind with how astoundingly beautiful it was. And like Ashley Johnson was incredible. 
Um, Merle Dandridge was incredible. That whole backstory, because we don't get that in the game. In the game, we get a note in Ellie's backpack. And it's and some people miss it because you have to physically go in the game menu, go to her backpack, and then pull the note out and you can read it. And it's a note from Anna. Basically, she wrote it before she died, saying to Ellie, like, be brave, I love you, you know. And that's that's it. That's all we get of Anna. So this was like wonderful to get this backstory. And Ashley was just oh chef's kiss. She was so good. She was so good. I actually didn't know that that was game Ellie until oh, yeah. the like little interview at the end where they said it. And then I was like, Oh, that's amazing. I really like, love that they did that. But wait, something you said made me think of a question. So if you don't get the backstory in the game, do you get the like backstory about how she was like infected and like, how do you get that information? No. So that was all new. Like we were all like, oh, this is why she's immune. Like we didn't know how. That's not in the game why. episode. No, no idea. Like, no clue. So I okay, was like writing on my crazy. notes like, is this how she's immune? Like, what is this? So yeah, that was all, that was all new to us. The only background we have is again, the note, but then also we know that Marlene and her were friends. We know that Marlene is the one that took Ellie after Anna died. That comes from a couple of things, the game, but also the comic books. Um, but yeah, no, as far as her immunity and stuff and the umbilical cord situation, that was all new. Okay. So as a game fan, did you have feelings about that? Like, did you like that they included that or what'd you think? Yeah, I liked it because it's been a question for us forever. Like we're always like, well, okay, are there more people like Ellie? Is she truly the only one by some magical happenstance? So I thought it was cool that it actually did make the odds of there being another person pretty low because most of the time, if that happened, they would probably unfortunately kill the baby because they would think that it's going to turn. It's the fact that Anna lied, which is also very interesting for the parallel of the of Joel's lie, right? It's like Ellie is alive <laughs> uh, in many ways because of protectors lying on her behalf to keep her there. So I thought that was a really interesting choice. And I haven't seen any negative things. I think everybody really liked that that ad. Yeah, I could see why. I mean, I thought it was really smart. I, like as I was figuring it out, I was writing in my notes like, oh my gosh, she lied about the umbilical cord. And then I was like, this must be how she's immune. Like I'm so slow on the uptake. I'm like, <laughs> well, you like, got that oh, one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at least I finally got it. But I thought that was so cool the way they did that. Once I finally like, once it clicked and I realized what was going on, I thought for the same reason that you said, like, it's so interesting to know that there's probably not someone else out there that could be the cure or mm -hmm. could lead to the cure. And then I think that makes the rest of the episode like even more ethically challenging. Yeah, for mm -hmm. sure. I, yeah. a nitpicky part of the, not a nitpicky, but a thing that I couldn't stop thinking about in this scene was where Marlene and crew were, like why they were all meeting in this abandoned, broken down place. Like there was no real explanation for that, except that they apologized for not getting there sooner. And I was wondering how they even knew to go there, like what the situation was. I just kept trying to figure out what was going on. And I don't think probably get that information, especially if it doesn't exist in the game. But it just seemed like a weird place to be for a pregnant woman who's literally about to give birth. And then the fireflies are a little like, <laughs> Oh, we're late. <laughs> like, yeah, why, why were you there? <laughs> um, yeah, I actually yeah. I wrote down that the intro, I think, is the combo of like, her being pregnant and there being monsters around and also like the landscape and the house were like really giving a quiet place. Did you oh, guys yeah, pick up on that? For sure. Yes. That's what I was like. I felt like they were just like doing a quiet place, just like in a different font. But that's okay. I liked it. 
Yeah, and Neil Druckmann wrote, um, this is, the Anna story is technically based on uh, like a short that he had written that he actually was going to have Ashley act in. Uh, at some point there was like concept art and everything. And then it was one of those things that just fell through. Um, so I wonder if he had like a more complete story written, but it was like, Craig was like, well, okay, we don't really need to give like the background. Let's just throw him in the situation. Yeah, the screenshots or snapshot. Yeah. But yeah, that's fair. I yeah, I really didn't think about it that much. I just figured it was like a mission, part of a mission or part of a deal or something that was like supposed to go down. Yeah, I was surprised to learn that Marlene knew Ellie like Ellie's whole life because okay, I didn't didn't know that. Yeah, we at need all. to talk. Was I about supposed to know that? You, so let's unpack that. Well, Fallon's okay. been saying that. Yeah, I remembered yeah. what Fallon said. I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah. this is why she was like hung up on this. It has been bothering me this whole time because it seemed like something that would have been super easy for them to do because it's really the Ellie and Marlene didn't know each other super intimately her whole life. Now, Marlene has known Ellie forever, obviously, because she's, you know, they do say in the first episode that she's the one that brought her to Fedra school. So like that is established in, in episode one, if you don't remember. So that is said. But the problem I have is that Ellie and Riley actually met Marlene about a year before the events pick up with Joel. And it's at that point that Ellie gets like the, the knife and she, you know, gets all that from Marlene and is told a little bit of what happened to her mom, not the whole story, but like a little bit of it. And so it was just the, the worry that I had with it was will Marlene's death have as much of an impact if we as the viewer don't feel like Ellie has that much of a relationship with her. And it was interesting to me that later in the episode, when Ellie immediately asks Joel about Marlene, I was like, okay, well, at least that's telling me she cares about her, but why would she really? <laughs> I noticed that and it I I thought that bumped was for me. Yeah, yeah. I was like, why does she care? We've been talking about how there's really no connection except for that they were holding her to see if she was infected in the first episode. Yeah, I thought that was yeah. weird too. So yeah, that's she doesn't my, seem like, like warm and fuzzy about her in the first, like when we see her holding mm-hmm. Ellie. I don't get like familial bonds from that. Mm-mm. Yeah. And it is like a strange relationship. I mean, at the end of the day, Marlene was like a military leader. That's why Anna even says like, I don't really find somebody. She doesn't say like, you need to take care of her. She's like, find somebody to take care of her. So at the end of the day, the relationship that Joel has with Ellie is much different than the one Marlene has with Ellie. But I think the point is that both had to make a terribly difficult decision about someone that they both do love in in their own way. And that's supposed to be the point of Marlene. So like, I don't know how well that landed with the TV audience without the context that like I have, you know, I don't know. I think the part, like the direction of Marlene caring about Ellie made, made a lot of sense to me after seeing the backstory about her mom, because she clearly loved Ellie's mom and then I think by extension, it's just very easy to imagine like she would have cared about Ellie and felt that the decision to sacrifice her would be really difficult. Like that made sense to me. It was just the other direction that I didn't feel like made a lot of sense. But it was just, I don't know, it was just yeah, a quick moment yeah. of Ellie asking like, how's Marlene? It didn't stick out to me as like this huge problem with the storytelling, but it definitely didn't make as much sense, which I think Marlene caring about Ellie was the part that like needed to make sense. 
And I think that they succeeded with that. Well, <laughs> for now, sure. <laughs> there's there's like more to come in the future. It will matter, but you know, Ooh, we'll see. <laughs> exciting. I have so many questions about part two, but we're not there yet. I'll ask them at the end and okay. you probably won't answer them, but that's fine. <laughs> okay. What's next? Uh, after the flashback, we've got Joel and Ellie traipsing about him trying to cheer her up. The re- re- role oh, reversal. Oh yeah, that I was the giraffe. About. I, I might yeah. have skipped too far, but the, I thought the giraffe. No, I mean was that's really fun. the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a little period of like their trek when she's like, it's like when she's first sitting in the truck and she's just looks different. Like now the light from Ellie is totally gone. Meanwhile, you've got like goofy guy Joel over here now who's like Chef Boyardee, and it's it's it, it happens exactly the same way in the game. But I always find it so funny, like this shift that he won't shut up and Ellie's like mm-hmm. not talking at all. Um, but they did that really well. It's actually like so much of this episode was pulled directly from the game, which I thought was interesting, but, um, but yeah, all of that stuff was the same and him being like, I'm going to teach you to play guitar one day. Like all those conversations take place the same way. And I thought they did a good job. Yeah. Acting as always just truly incredible. The like Mm -hmm. nuance in their changes and personality. Also, I laughed out loud at some of the stupid jokes from the book the apocalypse oh, one yeah. and he goes no it's topical <laughs> i mm, love that the yeah, show still cute. makes you laugh it is i cute. loved when he cute. was like when she was like uh oh yeah we're gonna go up around this building and go around the corner and like do this and that and he's like no actually i thought we would use explosives this time i thought that actually is brit like new dialogue but i was like that's hilarious i love that they do that <laughs> oh yeah i did get the feeling with some of the dialogue that it was from the game and i don't know if that's just me now expecting it to be mm-hmm. but sometimes in, in this episode, especially, like, I don't know if it was the Chef Boyardee thing, maybe, where it's like, it's so random that I'm like, it has to be from the game. Otherwise, it's too specific. Well, I didn't realize this, but that's a reference to one of the earlier episodes, which I did not catch. Oh, um, I didn't mean yeah, doesn't she? I, that's Ellie... what they're eating at one point at the campsite, and she's like scarfing mm-hmm. it down. Um, yeah, it's like so, yeah. episode two or three. Yeah. Oh, good memory, she's Jenny. She's really into it. <laughs> I did not remember that. <laughs> Yeah. Which is cute that Joel is then like your favorite. <laughs> no, well, I think that's what he's like continuing to do, right? Is he keeps like even later on when he's like, oh, it's a five mile hike. We can do that, right? Remember? Like he's like trying to be like, remember, we're, we love each other. We look at all these things we've done and it's just not landing in the same yeah. way for her because of what she's been through. So, um, but yeah, let's talk about the giraffes. I loved the giraffes. <laughs> I want to talk about the him telling her that he tried to shoot himself in the head scene. Oh, so we're skipping mm. right past giraffes. Unless you guys had actual <laughs> things to say about the giraffes. I feel like well, the giraffes were like cute. And then I was just like, okay, let's move on. This is clearly from the game. Honestly. It is. It, it is. And it's, I would say this is funny because the game scenes that are like super important to game fans are like not really landing with TV. People. It's so <laughs> interesting because I would say that the only scene that was more important to game fans than the giraffes was the bedroom conversation. Like Why? these are the two the scenes that matter the most. Couple of reasons. And I would argue strongly for the draft scene because huh. I, mean, I liked it. I don't want them to cut it, but I, <laughs> I just was like, let's get right past the draft. Scene. Well, I think two important things happen here. One that Ellie, like Ellie has totally lost like her, her light and she's like gone totally dark. And then we get some laughter, we get that light back and it's like, it juxtaposes really nicely. Like everything that goes on with Ellie and the fact that she can sort of flip from one feeling to the next so quickly. 
But I actually think the bigger thing that happens here is when Joel is like ready to abandon, he's like, let's abandon the mission. We don't even have to go. And Ellie has that whole conversation of after everything we've been through and everything I've done, we're just not going to go. And they're nice to each other, like in that scene. But I do think there's this element of Ellie that there's a fundamental difference at this point between what Joel views as the purpose of this whole experience and what Ellie views as that purpose. Joel is like done. Oh, cool. I have a daughter now. I love her. We're going to have a lovely, happy life together on a sheep farm. Yay. Ellie is, has over time with all of the loss she's experienced only moved more towards the goal of having a purpose to save humanity. Like that is now what she thinks she needs to do in order to make up for everything else that's happened. And so it's almost interesting because like you don't even realize it as the story is progressing, but they're like, even though it seems like they're coming together, they're really totally veering apart in terms of what matters the most and what like needs to happen. So that draft scene is like, oh yeah, drafts. But that moment between them is like so defining in terms of how much that lie later is really going to matter because Ellie wants to save the world. I wonder if they had given her a choice skipping ahead a little bit instead Mm -hmm. of pretending that they weren't going to remove her brain and the cordyceps in it or whatever and tell her what they needed if she would have at that point chosen to go ahead with it or eventually you skip too far forward we're going to talk about that later that was just (laughs) that was a big leap forward i well just based on that commenting back that conversation i literally forgot that that conversation happened fallon like i literally (laughs) was like oh yeah Yeah. giraffes and then like did not remember but once you said it i was like oh yeah that tied in really nicely to the end but did not really stick out to me which (laughs) isn't it's just interesting based on you saying it was like such an important scene to game fans it's interesting that the conversations between joel and ali in the game that like really stand out don't seem to be the ones that like really stand out in the show i wonder why that is yeah, I don't just know. overshadowed, Maybe it's because, I think. Well, I think it's also that you guys are having the experience where everything that you experience is a scene. So it's just constant watching. For us, we only got so many cutscenes. So I think it really matters that we're in a situation where like, I mean, it, it, there's gameplay, gameplay, gameplay. And then every moment that we get with the two of them is this like juicy experience where we're like, oh my gosh, what are they going to say? And so I think because that's all you're getting, it is easy for those certain moments to get overshadowed. I think that's probably what it is. That makes a lot of yeah, sense. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. I didn't think about that. Is the, if, if I may skip us to the scene I implied earlier or yeah. described earlier, is that in the game where he talks about Yes and no. Uh, The military site happens. It looks just like that. They They have an emotional conversation, but it's a different conversation. So I was pretty astonished by the Joel suicide thing. That's not the conversation that they have. He basically says, I recognize a place like this. I had to come here for triage like early on. Um, but then doesn't really give any reasoning or, or talk about it at all. But the emotional moment that happens between the two of them in the game is that when Ellie was back in Jackson, um, Maria gave her a photo of Joel and Sarah. And it's a photo that at one point Tommy tries to give to Joel and Joel doesn't want it. He's like, I don't want it. That's my past. I'm moving on. I don't want it. Well, Ellie steals it because she knows eventually he's going to want it. And then there's kind of this tender moment between them where she takes the photo out. She's like, I stole this for you. And he has this kind of 
weepy moment and then basically says like, I guess you can't escape your past. And that's what we get there. So it's, you still get an emotional moment. I actually think the one in the show is better um, because wow, it was good. (laughs) But yeah, different. I think the one in the show that we did get mm, just like really tease up his decision later because Mm -hmm. the moment where I can't remember the specific dialogue, but he basically says like, she's his reason to live now or like his new hope in life comes from her or whatever. And I think, yeah. I think oh, yeah. Just, like, he says, he says that it wasn't time that did it. Oh, yeah. It yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Really? And it took me a second and then it hit me and I was like, oh man, that's good. Yeah. So I really, really liked that scene. It was really sad and really tender and did a, like just did a lot for like their relationship and where it was grounding it and where it was now in that episode and per like perfectly set up. I think what he did later. A lesser show would have said, would have finished that. Right. We've been so, yeah, talking about how their show don't tell. I mean, even when it's literal words that they're telling, he didn't say it wasn't time that we did it. It was you. And if they had, I think it would have been so much cheaper. I had that thought while while watching that scene. Yeah, I did too. Um, Or if like they hugged. I was like, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Yeah. It was just, yeah. If they had hugged or like been overtly like we right. love each other so much now yeah. it would just yeah. would have taken away from how poignant that scene was just the yeah. quiet mm-hmm. emotion of it yeah i, yeah, I mean joel's that. version of saying i love you is by saying i want to hear some puns you know like that's mm-hmm. uh it's that's as close as they get is is them just sort of trying to show love in these ways of just respecting each other and like laughing with each other but that is, I in my mind, that's as close as Joel can get to. I mean, and even like uh, Pedro with the, again, it's like he's crying, but he's not. Like his mm-hmm. eyes are crying, but the tears are not coming out. And I, that's really hard to do, but it says so much about he's like, he's letting himself be a little bit emotional, but he's still so reserved. It was great. I think that actually was that was my standout moment. Obviously, a lot happens in this episode, but like that was the mm-hmm. thing that like I wanted to talk about. Well, no, I still want to talk about the rest, but <laughs> that that scene for me was way more of a standout than like the giraffe scene, for instance. But I gotta be honest, all of the I I watched this last night. I clearly remember all of these scenes. But when we sat down to talk about it, I was like, oh wow, it was a really short episode. They're walking around. Ellie's like a little bit bummed. They see giraffes. And then they're captured and like, that's the, that's the whole, like, I completely forgot about the pre, the back, the flashback. I completely forgot about that scene and how important that was. I fully focused on action, like two sections of the, the TV show. I don't know why my brain deleted everything else until we started talking about it. But anyway. Yeah. I mean, it's part of why I'm excited now that this has ended. I'm definitely, I mean, I've played the game six times. I'm sure I'll probably watch the show six times, but I'm excited to just go through it again now that I have the full thing and can kind of piece things together in a new way. Um, Rather than, you know, the week to week thing has been great, but it does lend itself to forgetting certain details or um, not remembering exactly how things played out. But I think being able to watch it, linearly all the way through is going to be like almost a different viewing experience i think this is yeah. the first show i've ever finished and immediately wanted to rewatch. high praise <laughs> i like yeah wow i can't get over how much i like this show but anyways should we fast forward 
So before we jump to the hospital, um, just because this might not have been a moment that would have stuck out, but the way that they get captured, um, like the smoke bomb and then like Joel getting hit with the gun and everything was happening so fast that like, I didn't even realize this until Matt was talking to me about it later, but he was like, Ellie never got knocked out. Like she was conscious. So the thing goes off and then you see them dragging Ellie out, but Joel Mm -hmm. is knocked out. And that might seem like no big deal. That is a huge difference because Ellie is never conscious in the game before they put her under for surgery. So now you're telling me that there was, I guess, a conversation between Marlene and maybe the doctor and Ellie, unless Marlene was lying to Joel. I mean, we don't really know. But if there was a conversation with Ellie and anyone at all before she goes under for surgery, that is a complete deviation from the game in ways that will have unspeakable consequences in my opinion so i don't know what to think of that moment but it it blew my mind that they made that choice the foreshadowing is killing me dude i'm like (laughs) i'm I'm gonna scream well and and there's without even spoiling to like what's coming what we've already seen do you think that the lie is in any way believable if ellie had a conversation with anyone in that hospital because what he tells her is that there's like 12 others like you and um, that it, it wasn't going to work. They already knew it wasn't going to work. If they're about to put her under for surgery, they might not tell her that she's going to die, but they're definitely going to say like, we're excited about your immunity. And, you know, I mean, how would that be a believable lie? I didn't think about this and it's a great question, but I do think it's clear that she knows he's lying. I don't know, but that's, it does seem like it would be too obvious of a yeah. lie. And it seems more like she like is pretty sure he's lying, but not like totally outright sure. Right. And you do bring up a very good question. I feel like they would have said like, you're our hope. Like, mm-hmm. thank you for, <laughs> I don't know, saving humankind. Yeah. I think she, I think it's clear she knows at least part of what he's saying is a lie. Like the part where there are many other others yeah. like you, et cetera. I think it's, I'd be hard pressed to say that she knows he's lying about everything that happened. But yeah, that little sinking feeling of I think why she is he making this part it, though. Of, yeah. yeah, but then like, maybe yeah. maybe anything? that is what maybe that's because she does know that there weren't others. At least she's like pretty sure yeah. she knows that based on what the doctors said to her. And maybe she's just hoping that the like how they got out and stuff is not a but lie. That's the thing is like that's to a the huge truth. Yeah. shift because in the game we know for a fact that Ellie did not talk to anybody. So it makes it a lot more nuanced about how much Ellie knows this isn't the truth. This version is like, well, I don't know how she wouldn't know if she had the opportunity to talk to anybody. So I'm super curious. And then I got really freaked out because I listened to the podcast and I thought, oh, they'll talk about it. Like they're going to explain why they made that change. And they said nothing. And I was like, so either you thought we wouldn't catch it. You're just hoping that nobody caught it. Or you're about to make a completely absurd change to this story. <laughs> All right. So are you worried about next season yeah. then? Mm-hmm, okay. Because mm-hmm. I actually did see a thing today that was like, I think in an interview with them where they implied there would be changes. And the way they uh-huh. said it made it sound like the changes would be bigger than the changes they made this season. So I wonder if maybe that is, I feel like you've had this experience today. You seem like you're not, <laughs> you might not be too pleased about that. I'm remembering all the things you said about how the game community is really split on the second game. And I wonder if the changes are an attempt to make those people feel better 
I don't know anything about this. I'm just from what you've said and yeah, I like, just, I can't even just guess said, like, what it's about. No, but it kind of sounds like that. Like the showrunners are maybe considering the feelings about the second game and then trying to do something slightly different to make people feel better. I don't know. All I can yeah. say is that this particular change would not would not impact what people are upset about with the second one. Got it. So interesting that it, there are certain things that I do think they'll change about the second one to appease certain people, but I this this wouldn't impact it. So it was just one of those things where I'm like, I, I genuinely don't know if they even realized. Surely they did. They realized what they were doing, but I, I don't know. It's gonna be interesting. <laughs> Yeah, you have to assume they know. And maybe it'll be some big thing for next season that we just can't guess yet. I mean, they implied, Marlene implied that she talked to her. It's not like they uh-huh. are leaving no, she it open definitely to interpretation. Yeah. yeah, so. But, and then Weird. what did she say? She just talked, she basically just said, like, we didn't tell her exactly she what. She was like, she's not scared. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This was the. Yeah. So, so the in idea theory, was like. In theory, I guess Marlene could be lying, right? Like, we don't know if Marlene is telling Joel the truth. Maybe she told him that to comfort him in some way. Like, I don't know. But the fact that she wasn't unconscious, I'm like, well, okay, then you'd have to show us basically you knocking her unconscious or something, which I don't know that that's great either. So I don't know. There's uh, it's, it's amazing how one little shift can have, I mean, catastrophic uh, consequences as far as I'm concerned. So we'll see how they deal with that. Yeah, it also made me like think and question, well, would she, what would she have done if they had asked her? Because presumably she's having this conversation and they don't tell her she's going to die, but she like thinks she's going to save humanity. Mm-hmm. But what would she have said if they had said you will die? Right, that was yeah, like there's a good chance she would have been like, "All right, I think she would have. <laughs> Let's do it." Yeah, I, I firmly don't know. believe Ellie would have gone through with it no matter what. I think the giraffe conversation actually like is i think that's what's supposed to make us think that she would like she thinks that's her purpose like found said earlier Mm -hmm. i guess i have a couple of things for this which is one not related to what ellie would think but related to the scientists which is why it i know that i shouldn't try to figure out the science of how they're going to make (laughs) a cure out of ellie's brain cordyceps it does feel like if it's in her brain and it's it gets into your system through your blood. Why would you take your one shot to make a cure and kill the one person that has any immunity? Like, why would you not run more tests? Like, clearly she hasn't done had tests run on her because well, she got bitten. And then I guess they don't make it abundantly clear in the show. <laughs> uh, okay. In the game, and this makes no sense, by the way, in the game. And it always drives me crazy because Joel is like, running up against time, right? And has to like kill a zillion people to go save her. And then meanwhile, it's like, you can walk him into a room and like pick up a recording device and listen to the recording. And every time I'm like, Joel, you don't have time to listen to that recording. Like Ellie is dying. What are you doing? But, you know, maybe they could have done it in a way that would have made sense in the show. But essentially those recordings are the doctor explaining like their process to get to this point. It doesn't explain it super well, but they say like, we've run tests we have realized that this is our our great hope. This is our one option. So they do kind of set it up that they have done mm. some prep ahead of time in order to make this decision. With Ellie? Because in the yeah, show, they, at least, she gets bitten. She's held there to make sure she doesn't turn. And then she goes off with Joel. Yeah, it's supposed to be a combination of tests they've already done 
with other cordyceps like testing, but then also, Mm -hmm. and I think Marlene even says like, does she say in the show that they've run tests? I feel like she says something like that, but I could be confusing the two. I just I don't think she does because I also had the same thought process as Jenny where I was like, why didn't they like try her blood first or something like this feels weird. Yeah. I feel like I've watched a lot of fantasy sci-fi shows where some person I'm thinking probably it's Vampire Diaries, Jess. I don't know if you or <laughs> like Elena's blood stops something. And so like first it's not just Vampire Diaries, but it's that kind of thing where they like first test a pinprick and they're like, if it works, oh, and Pirates of the Caribbean. That's also what I'm thinking of. I don't remember. Where like, any we of can't this. kill you because we need your blood to break the curse. So I'll first we'll give like a pinprick and then we'll cut maybe more and then we'll maybe spill all your blood because maybe it needs all your blood. That was sort of the mentality I was expecting from these doctors. Like still a little bit ruthless, but maybe not. We got to take your brain out right now. Yeah, I definitely had that moment too. When it went right to like, we're going to cut her brain out. I was like, surely they don't mean that. (laughs) I like got past it really quickly because it was like, clearly that's where they were going with it. But I thought it was weird. That's also why it was ambiguous to me whether or not they were just doing a risky procedure to remove the fungus. Yeah, I wrote down the same taking question. Taking out her brain. I was like, oh, it must just be a like a surgery. Like I just risky believed procedure. them when they said surgery, like a normal surgery. And then yeah, he starts to like really react, and I I think I might have even turned him out and been like, wait, do they mean that they're gonna kill her? <laughs> like that's what I I paused the show and turned to Carter, and I was like, can we? Like, what did you hear? <laughs> like, what's going on? Yeah. It's I so don't really know because I do think that the dialogue is almost exactly the same where she says surgery, what surgery? And then she explains it. And then he says, but cordyceps grows all over the brain. And he has this like panicked look on his face. And then she has this look of like, yeah, it does. As if to say, like saying the unsaid of this means she's going to die. And I feel like when I played the game, I don't think I ever... It was hard for me to accept, but I don't think I ever was like thinking that she wouldn't die. So it's interesting that that didn't land the, the right way in the show. I wonder if other people feel that way. That's interesting. Yeah, I don't know if it was because it's not like I'm a medical expert. I think I was just like in <laughs> denial. Like I, yeah. when I say like I was surprised this is where this episode went, like I was really in <laughs> denial. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I did not expect it to be like that the fireflies were going to kill her. And I did not expect what happened thereafter so i think it might have just been denial but also i have no idea how brain surgery works and i just thought they were gonna like scrape a little bit off and put her head back together i mean i i guess it still seemed risky to do brain surgery like i said like even though they're in a hospital it just the fact that they that society has sort of degraded as much as it has and the fireflies are side organization i was thinking even if it is just trying to remove something like people die removing brain they don't die removing brain tumors having brain tumors removed and things like that even though it's a yeah procedure meant to save them so i was thinking like oh he just is not willing to risk ellie's life at all which is slightly different although the end result is obviously i would say i would say pretty different though yeah. Like, because then yeah. it could have been a conversation about, like, well, how much risk is he willing to accept? And maybe he was willing to accept no risk. But I think that's very different from, like, right. somebody's looking him in the eye and telling him that he's about to lose his daughter is what yes. happens yeah. in his brain. And I think that's why you get the following reaction. I also – I feel like the fact that they don't intro it as, like, we know this will work is really important. Like, the fact that they were like, we're going to try mm-hmm. this thing. We're going to try this surgery. 
we're going to hope that it's a cure, but they don't know for sure. I think that it could be a cure. (laughs) That argument alone, the uncertainty of it is why I'm team Joel. Hot take. Hot take. (laughs) Okay. Um, (laughs) Okay. Before we get into the ugliness that is the trolley problem, which is essentially what Last of Us is, right? Is like for the sake of the many or the few. um, I do want to talk about the execution of Joel's whole, I don't even know what to call it. Massacre? Is that a pun? Um, because that's what it is. Like, I, I think what's interesting is like, oh my God, is <laughs> like he, uh, he's killing a lot of like innocent people, by the way. And I was like, just arguing oh, yeah. with my mom's, well, with my stepdad, like about this yesterday, not arguing, but he was just kind of like, well, the fireflies have done this, this, and this. And I was like, okay, but half the fireflies that he's murdering don't probably don't even know that there's a girl in the surgery room. Like, they're just standing there and Joel is going through Rambo style. And I mean, I liked what was going to be important to me about this scene. And I said this to many people is I understand it's not a video game. And so it can't be 20 minutes of it, but they need to show him killing a lot of people and doing it in a super brutal way, because that is what they're trying to convey is like, wow, will this man full-blown disassociate because that's what I believe happened and just do unspeakable stuff. Um, And I like that they showed the bodies on the floor and like, they really made you sit in it to be like, Mm -hmm. okay, if you're going to, if you're going to get good with this, really think about what he just did. So the other thing about the way they executed it was the score through this was Gustavo was just, I mean, knocked it out of the park with the score because I love that they took the main theme and then put like these really dark overtones on it, but then added like a lot of string to make it like sad sounding because it's not just brutal. Like it's sad. It's so sad what we're watching happen. And that music carries you through that in such a beautiful, I was like, this is just best director, best score, best everything to this moment. Cause it was so well executed. Every time you say well executed, I laugh. Because of Jenny saying it was a pun. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> now, I'm just, now I'm just giggling. That was my bad. It, it was really, really well done. The doctor, like the part where he kills the doctor and then they zoom in on the guts on the floor, the brain guts on the floor. I was like, I'm going to vomit, first of all. But the like, actually what's interesting about the doctor part is that I went into my little trauma space inside my brain where my brain just sort of shut off watching that scene because like, too much violence in shows always makes me go into my little safe place in my brain. And it was the him killing the doctor that like took me out of my little safe reverie. And I was like, Oh my God, he is brutally killing everyone. Like I think that specifically that the scene where he shoots the doctor was like a really, a really important inclusion. Cause that was the, obviously a lot of them seemed like they were just like innocent bystander sort of types, but like the doctor really got me. I think probably that got everyone, but yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's incredibly important that moment. I'm glad you pointed it out because in the game you run through and you murder all these people. And like, by the way, when you're doing it, it doesn't feel good. Like that's, what's amazing about the game is like, you're playing a video game and you're pulling the trigger and it feels terrible. Like you're like, I don't want to be doing this. Why are we doing this? And then you get to the last room and he pops it open and the doctor grabs the scalpel same way as the show 
And then you sort of, it pauses in this weird way. Like you're the player and it doesn't force you forward or anything. And almost every person that plays the game has said that when they first played it, they tried to shoot the doctor in the leg or they tried to do something where you wouldn't actually have to kill him. But the game forces you to kill him. So you can try any which way you want. At the end of the day, you have to kill him in order to move on. And it's one of those impactful things they do where, yeah, it sticks with you. Oh, that's so interesting that they managed to replicate that then in the show, like that Mm -hmm. specific kill being like more important because I, yeah, I definitely felt that. To be fair though, I I felt the same thing, Jess, that it was like, that was a moment for the viewer. I didn't see it as a moment for Joel, which I guess also makes sense now that I'm saying it out loud, because when you're playing as Joel, it's you, it's the, the viewer, the player experiencing it and not necessarily Joel, because he was still kind of ruthless about it. Well, he yeah. asked a question. I think he the was guy just didn't respond. He shot him in his yeah, brain, like yeah, not even. Out. Yeah, lights are, are on, but no one's home. Like I think that's Joel. But me as the viewer, like I was lights are on, no one's home while he was killing everyone else because like I need <laughs> I needed to be here for like my own sanity. But then the yeah, however they did that moment, I don't know if the music changed or I can't remember what happened. But that the doctor like took me out of my fugue state. <laughs> How do you think he would have reacted to? All of it, Jess, if like, because the other thing they did is they, um, they lowered the sound in terms of the gunshots and like the actual, any of like the violent noise, they kind of subdued it and they put the music over it, which I thought helped make it not so brutal. But like, had they just had it be guns blazing, like action music. And maybe this is hard to answer, but like, do you feel like you? No, I know the answer. Felt differently. <laughs> no, because I have seen enough like scenes of violence that I know that when they put the music over it, it helps me go into my little dream state, and I really like when they do that yeah. because I don't have to like pay as much attention to what's actually happening, like the brutality of it. And when I can hear it, hear the gunshots, the screams, whatever, like I can't watch that. Like I would have. It could still be a cute my eyes. Show. No, it's <laughs> it's. Uh, it's not a cute little show in this moment. I will admit that. But it did help me to sort of, yeah, to disassociate myself because of the music. Yeah, and I Mm. I mean, the reason I ask is because I'm genuinely curious. Again, everyone's going to, we can get this to this at the end, but like everyone is going to take a side on this because they do. And I don't necessarily think that's how it's meant to be. I think it's meant to be like, there isn't a side to take. It just sucks either way. Like it really just sucks. But- Lots of people take sides. And I wonder if the TV audience will take more of Joel's side because they they did soften it. They really did. Like when you're running through there and blazing people down, it's a different feeling than when they play this soft, sad music because you almost sympathize with Joel more the way they did it in the show than the way you have to play it in the game. And I think that's going to impact people's opinions. I think you're probably right. I will say my... Initial reaction right when it ended was like, oh, they really leaned into Joel's just a bad person and I'm really shocked he did that and I'm really upset that he did that. And it wasn't until later reflecting on it that I decided I'm not against his decision. That being said, I agree with what you said. Like the whole point of the show is there's moral gray area. It's nothing's black and white. No one's good or bad. And I love that about the show. But I think it's just human nature that we would be like, well, if we were in that scenario, what would we do? And Mm -hmm. that's where I initially was like, absolutely would not do what Joel did. But then later was like, I see how we got there and I don't really judge him anymore. I don't judge him as much as I 
<laughs> thought I did right afterwards. Fair enough. Yeah. Is it time to ask I you guys your what side <laughs> you're on? <laughs> yeah. Well, Jenny, what did you think? Um, I I don't think I have a side. I definitely was like, bad choices, Joel. That doesn't seem good. I get how you got there. You're very traumatized as a person. You've done bad things before. It's not that hard to take you back into that state. Definitely didn't like it. There are a lot of notes that just say, I don't like this. I don't like this. I don't like this shooting scene. This is bad. But I, I, I found it interesting that I started thinking while he was doing this of the fact that they, the Fireflies were prepared to kill one girl to potentially save a bunch of people. And Joel decides that not only is she worth more than curing this pandemic situation, fungus, whatever, but also more important than the like 40 people that he decides to gun down to get to her. Uh, so on both ends, he's definitely choosing familial, I'm using that in a quoting kind of way, bond and sort of like love of one specific person over truly anything else, which I think happens to a lot of people, maybe not to this extreme, but I think that's that's how we get into a lot of problems. <laughs> I don't want to be like too, I don't know, philo- philosophical about the world, but I feel like we get really easily into the people around me that I care about and that I know a lot about are the most important people. And sometimes that's really important. Like you need those people in your life, but then it does make you really blind to the humanity that is everyone else. And I just kept Mm -hmm. thinking after every single person that he killed, the first two people in the stairwell, honestly, were being a little rude to him. So I- So they deserve to get shot in the head. (laughs) No, but I definitely didn't feel as bad. (laughs) The guy that kept shoving him, I was like, you better not. He's gonna, I don't know, something. Um but once he started getting into the hallway and all of that started happening, I just kept thinking like, she's got a family. Like he's got a family probably, I don't know, or like a lover or a friend. Uh, and there are a bunch of shows about active shooters in a hospital or other things like that, where they say things like you should talk to the person, like mm-hmm. make them aware of your humanity. And I just kept thinking of that the whole time and then just feeling worse and worse about the whole situation. Uh, so that's not an answer to what side I'm on, but I definitely... I think that's okay. Not- <laughs> like, I really think it's okay to not have one. Um, yeah. I don't have one. I mean, I tend to lean more Ellie because I love Ellie and I don't connect with Joel the same way I connect with Ellie. So that's part of it. But I guess at the end of the day, I don't care so much what side people fall on or if they fall on a side at all. What I do care about and what I do think is important is... Everyone needs to understand that what Joel did in there was not for Ellie. That was not saving Ellie. That was saving Joel. Joel could not have handled that situation. It, he dead. He's dead. If, if anything happens to Ellie, he's a goner. And I, I think in his mind, he was probably able to tell himself that it was for Ellie and to save Ellie's life. And Ellie deserves to have a beautiful life and all of those things. But at the end of the day, that response, that trauma response that came out of him had everything to do with Joel and nothing to do with Ellie. And I think that's the theme that they go for. Um, I'm hoping it was well executed enough in the show that people truly understand how much it meant to Ellie to have this purpose in life, especially after all of the loss she's gone through. And I think I was actually 
frustrated because they removed a line from um, her conversation with Joel at the very end when he's like, you know, she makes him confirm if he's telling the truth. And she said, she tells the story about Riley. Uh, you know, I had a best friend. Um, she was bitten. She says this specific line in the game that is, I'm still waiting for my turn. And I don't know why they took that out of the dialogue because literally verbatim, I was quoting it. All the other words are exactly the same. But I think that that line is the most important because that's Ellie saying, I'm still waiting to pay it forward for everything that's happened. Like I, he's, she's trying to tell him in the best way she can that like, that meant everything to me. So if you're lying, it's really bad. And I feel like she tried to use that as a setup of like, I'm giving you an opportunity to tell me the truth. And then he still lies. And like, I don't know why they took that line out because I, I just really think it's important, but I'm hoping that the sentiment at least came through that for Ellie, this would be horrible if he did this and lied to her about it. Was the I'm still waiting for my timeline in response to, or, or meaning death or I'm still waiting for my time for what? Well, she specifically says, I'm still waiting for my turn. Oh, which my is turn. interesting Sorry. because when she says it, she's referencing when, when Riley turned and she did it. And so she's saying like, ever since then, I, you know, I don't know, like it's, it's almost to say, I don't understand why I'm here. I don't get why I get to be here and everybody else had to die. So it has to be for this. This has to be the thing that I can give the world. And he takes mm. that from her. And so that sets up how could they ever be the same again, right? If she finds that out. Um, or you could argue she already knows and she's just trying to be in denial about it. But it's you, you don't come back from that as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I, um, I'm bummed they did not keep that in because I feel like it's shaped a little bit how – like you both are so sure that Ellie would have gladly died for – the fireflies had they explained their purpose. I finished the episode thinking that could have been the case, but she's also still young. She could mm -hmm. still want to help people, but not be ready to say goodbye to the world completely. She's so full of life for the most part in the show. So I, without that context and without her having that speech to Joel being like, I don't know why I'm here. If not to, I'm just waiting for my turn kind of thing. I definitely saw her, feeling more betrayal at like one killing Marlene for reasons that we didn't really understand because like we said earlier, the connection was not super clear in the show, but for potentially, like, I think she could sense that maybe he had done some bad stuff and was a little like, why are you lying to me? It was like th that impact that you just, of everything that you just said, Fallon did not, I did not get that upon yeah. this finale. Yeah. I do think that would have helped me affirm I like I believe that she would have sacrificed herself but I do think I would have believed it even more with that line but yeah I think just based on having gotten that flashback scene with her and Riley and what she says earlier to Joel in the draft scene and her resentment that you can feel in the scene where she's questioning are you lying to me like you get the sense like she'd be really pissed off and she sort of already is because she's pretty sure he might be lying. Like, I think that all comes through, but yeah, I don't see a reason why they cut that out. 
Yeah. And so I'm like trying not to overthink it. Right. But I, they're so deliberate and I know that they go through all of this stuff with a fine tooth comb. And so I'm like, well, did they think that that made it too obvious and they want people to wonder more? Like, I don't know. I mean, there was a couple, I love this episode and ultimately I love the entire execution of the story, but there are certainly a few things that came out of this one where I'm like, "Mm, you guys are making me a little nervous about where we're going. Um, same thing with stuff we've discussed already about like the LE violence stuff. Like some of their choices, I just, I don't know what they mean yet. Is there anything you can tell us about the second season <laughs> that won't be like an obvious spoiler? I just really like, I have no idea where they're going with it. Am I, yeah. so, am I supposed yeah. to have any I, idea? I have some things that I think are safe to say. One is that, um, they were they were like four minutes away from Jackson. So I think you guys know that they're going back to Jackson. So there are some fun things there that I couldn't talk about during the Jackson episode. But I the main thing that I was like freaking out about because it was such a cool detail was when they go up to the horse stable and Maria introduces her to a, a baby horse named Shimmer. That's Ellie's horse in Last of Us 2. And so I was like, what a cool detail. Like, this is crazy. So they did a lot of stuff like that. So, I mean, yeah, you'll get to see a lot more Jackson, a lot more time in Jackson. Um, the only other thing I'll say, and that's because I don't think it's a spoiler because it's it's everywhere, is that um, Last of Us Part Two is like, <laughs> sorry, Jess, but it is like the darkest, most violent um, story maybe like of all time. <laughs> so it, it doesn't mean that it's not still beautiful in a lot of ways and nuanced in a lot of ways, but it is not going to be this touchy feely love story. Like one was, it just isn't. Um, and take that for what it is. I want you to prepare yourself. Um, not my cute little show anymore. (laughs) It's grown up. Yeah. I mean, like it, it's so well done though. I, I love the last of us part two. There are so many fans that hate it and I mean, hate it, but I love it. I like it better than one. I think that it's the best story ever told. Um, But I also think that because the reason why it's part one and part two is because they don't view it as a sequel. They view it as a continuation of the same story that they just told seven years later. Imagine, imagine waiting seven years after that. Um, But yeah, in that sense, I think if you look at it that way, the story of The Last of Us is just brilliantly executed and absolutely beautiful. And I'm excited and very nervous for what they're going to do with that. So, yeah. Well, that was such high praise. I'm excited. <laughs> well, I don't know. I gave episode seven super high praise and it did not land. <laughs> so maybe, maybe I'm not the best person to listen to, but, uh, but yeah, I think it'll, it's going to be well done and more Bella Ramsey is always good. So for sure. And can't wait to go back to Jackson. I really like the little, like seeing slice of life parts. So mm-hmm. even if that's only a little bit, I'll be glad to go back there. Oh, also, maybe the only other thing that I can say is there is a time jump, pretty significant. So it'll be five years in the future. Oh, no way. Um, and that's so funny that to me because everyone's like, are they going to have to recast Ellie? And I was like, what? Like, Bella Ramsey is 19 already. That's how old she is in the second one. Are you guys out of your minds? So. Yeah, I feel like that just finally happening. gets her to the <laughs> correct age. Also, it'll yeah, be yeah. probably a while until they start filming. Ugh, I know. Yeah. 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 Any last thoughts? I don't think I have any. I think the only other thing I want to say is just like I started this at the beginning being super skeptical about how an adaptation would work for this. And like, 
I know I'm going to have more feelings after I rewatch it and everything, but I just feel like this is the formula that anyone adapting anything needs to follow. Like they should teach a masterclass because they were never concerned with being their own thing or like, we have to change this to make it its own thing. They were like, we're concerned with telling the best possible story. And if that means that some scenes are identical from the game, great. If that means we do a whole episode, like episode three, that literally didn't exist in the game, great. But the end result product was brilliant. And if more people would just work with like the original creator and try to cultivate something and love it like this, we would have a lot, a lot more solid adaptations. One could only hope that this would be a blueprint for <laughs> for any other beloved adaptations. Well, I guess if we don't have any final thoughts, I just want to say thank you so much, Fallon, for joining us these last few episodes. And for lending and... so many, you know, good tidbits and so much knowledge. <laughs> I mean, literally would not have been the same without you. We're so happy. Would have been stumbling around in the dark. You. This has been super yeah. cool. I never thought that when I texted Jess that you would actually be like, come on here and that I would get to do it multiple times. So it's been <laughs> like experience of a lifetime for me. I love talking about this and I hope that maybe we can talk more when season two comes out. Oh yeah. Yeah. For sure. we, we've got you on speed dial for season All two. Right. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> Hands down. Yes. Sweet. And thank you to the listeners for sticking with us every week. Hope you stick around to listen to our future thoughts about other TV shows too. And with that, I think we'll sign off. Find links to follow us on socials and subscribe to our newsletter in the show notes of this episode. Thank you for listening to Double Take. If you like what you heard, please support us by subscribing and leaving a review. See you next time. The Double Take podcast is produced by Jess Ball and me, Jennifer Cullen. 